welcome to Fet Unlocked, where we, you guessed it, unlock Fet. So, this is a relationship, sex, BDSM, fetish, and kink podcast where we say out loud all of the things that you kinky fuckers are thinking. So, today's topic is polyamory. How it's more mainstream, whether we like that it's more mainstream, some of the pitfalls of poly, some of the types of poly, and stigma inside and outside of the polyamorous community. see if we can get this done in 30 minutes (laughs) i know right so okay polyamory is not necessarily something that's easy to just like pin down and say okay cool because right at the end of the day and i I've, I'm so afraid to say this because I feel like if you take this one sound bite, it's going to sound insane. But like <laughs> biology, right? Like sexual competition, you know, social uh, social assumption, the social contract. There are like so many different sources of pressure, societal pressure, um, sociological pressure that make it so that. I mean, honestly, if you're even looking at it from, like, a capitalistic standpoint, for that matter, like, there's a reason why the nuclear family is encouraged. And when I say nuclear, I I don't mean, like, extended as in grandparents and aunts and uncles included. I literally mean, like, a mom, a dad, and children. It's because you end up having to outsource so much labor that it technically ends up being better for the economy, but much, much worse for the like lived experience and quality of life of every person participating in that same like nuclear family structure unless they're like top like zero one percent or something like that but even then i mean the number of like my my colleagues who basically grew up with nannies because both their parents were working and like are super fucked up (laughs) and like hate both their parents i mean you know so, from a certain I perspective, have Annie and I love my parents. Yes. For so, record, just to put some, you know, statistics in there. Absolutely, that is a use case, right? And so, <laughs> nannies are fantastic. I, I, I like. I wouldn't be able to do my job without nannies. So, like, I, I definitely. Am, am on the side of of that however when we think about like the potential of like multi-generational households and we think about like what is being pushed versus what isn't being pushed what is being paid, paid attention to and supported versus what isn't being you know paid attention to and pushed it's it's like just super interesting but like we're talking about polyamory right and like so how the fuck did we get to this it's because polyamory is a life choice decision oh and for anyone who's like oh it's actually like an orientation and like blah blah okay before you crucify me i almost technically agree with you but like let's get to that (laughs) so for some people it falls under this like very general umbrella of enm enm is ethical non-monogamy So you have like polyamory, you have open relationships, you have swingers. um, And so it really depends like inside the community, 
right? Like ENM, open, and poly all mean very different things. Like we will not date each other if it's like, oh, you're ENM, well, I'm poly. Or if you're like kitchen table poly and I'm don't ask, don't tell, that obviously isn't going to work. Now I'm throwing around a lot of definitions here. Uh, Sam, do you want (laughs) to jump in and like define any of those? Sure. Um, so, uh, uh, and as somebody who came into the community as ethically non-monogamous, which is ENM, uh, and is now in a kitchen table poly on one side, and on the other side of my hinge, I am parallel poly. So I have two sort of separate situations going on. Kitchen table means we do stuff together. We all come to the kitchen table and we socialize, we do events together, we hang out. It doesn't necessarily mean that all the partners are interdating, but they are intermingled in at least a social aspect. Um, A close-knit friendship at the very least. Parallel poly is where two couples are dating independently. So they don't necessarily know what the other one is getting into, but they do know of the other person's partner. They're aware of the situation, so it's not a don't ask, don't tell. Don't ask, don't tell is super sketch to me, just to be totally honest about that. That makes me very nervous. Here I jump jump back in and say, I love don't ask, don't tell. Now, when it comes to cis men, respectfully, sorry, cis men, but when it comes to cis men, that is when it is the sketchest of the sketch. But for everybody else, I'm like, okay, cool. Honestly, like, (laughs) here's my thing. As an autistic woman, I simply don't have the social energy to give a fuck about my partners, other partners. I don't care. I do not care. Like, I don't want to be forced to, like, be in social situations. Like, I can imagine, like, them being downstairs and feeling slighted that I don't go downstairs and have popcorn with them or some shit like that. Like, there's just things that I foresee happening, right? Where they'll be like, are you mad at me? No, I'm just introverted, lol. Like, that's that's the thing to me. And so every, like, and this is just anecdotally, of course, every kitchen table poly, like, situation that I see... If I put myself in that position, I would be super fucking uncomfortable and drained because I didn't choose that friendship. That's only because, like, that's my metamor. And I I don't care to have a metamor be a title in my life that I actually have to give energy to. Uh, I think it all really boils down to not structuring things, not going into it with a specific idea in mind. I think that's why it works for Mike and myself so well, um, is because we didn't go into it with expectations. Mm -hmm. We didn't go into it saying, we're going to have a kitchen table poly. We're going to have a don't ask, don't tell poly. I went into this not even wanting to be in a relationship. That Mm. was not my goal. Um, And Mike found this really wonderful young woman who has been an outstanding friend. So the kitchen table probably happened naturally. There was no forcing of that, right? Um, In the other direction, we tried the kitchen table poly and it did not go well. So we backed off that and just did parallel to prevent any issues from happening. I think 
in the pitfalls of poly, one of them is that people set expectations and they they are pressured to make a situation work instead of being flexible and allowing the situation to be fluid and to change. Agreed. Um, but I think in your situation, I don't I don't know that that's necessarily don't ask, don't tell, because like your partners know that you have other partners and they are in some of the same social circles. Um, don't ask, don't tell is, is one of those like discreet, you know what I'm saying? Like, don't, for me at least, and maybe I'm just, maybe I just missed the mark on the definition, but like if somebody were to come up to me and be like, let's date, but you'll never, I have a wife, but you'll never meet her. And she doesn't know that I'm doing this is what I get that feeling about. Again, so when I hear cis men saying that they're D-A-D-T, that's exactly what I get. But when I, because for me, D-A-D-T, because I and a couple other rope people, I think are very, like, we're okay with D-A-D-T. Because, like, it just doesn't, I just have such limited social energy. Like, me and you right now, like, you're one of my best friends, so, like, the energy, like, I'm not drained by talking to you. But, like, two seconds, two words in with the wrong person. They could be a perfectly lovely person. But if we don't vibe, I'm going to turn into a robot and be completely, like, just unpleasant. (laughs) And no one wants this. Neither of us are interested in this. And so I think for my own sanity and for the comfort of whatever metamor I may or may not have I was like hey listen I don't want to know I don't and and the thing is I've had several of Henry's uh partners try to get to know me better because they're weird um um yeah he'll hear this I don't care so and I had to be like uh back the fuck back back up back up I don't care who you are don't know I don't like, listen, I just, I simply couldn't care less. I don't. I really don't. Um, not to mention, okay, that's rude. I'm not going to say that because this is going to be published. Um, okay, it's fine. I was going to say <laughs> his choice in metamors is not all. Well, I think that's... I. <laughs> like, oh. Mm. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. I think that's something that's really important for you to recognize about yourself. And I think that helps you create and maintain healthy poly relationships. Because you're setting those boundaries. 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 Boundaries and how they are super important to the entire realm of kink and whatever everything literally everything your job your vanilla job it's important to have boundaries um oh man tangent what um i just had a flashback sorry go ahead i lost my train of thought um went off my soapbox on boundaries um you can just you can just stay on the soapbox really because no, it's one of those, I start to get real, uh, nightmare, nightmarish, yeah. But I see a lot of poly relationships fail because they don't have boundaries, they don't have communication, um, and they set expectations, and we're not fluid. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I don't know anything about Polly. To be totally frank, I got back into the community. I've been with, with Mike for eight years. We were monogamous and kind of vanilla. I mean, we didn't start out vanilla, but we became vanilla. Um, and then decided to get back into the community because I wanted to explore more of the swinger lifestyle. Um, and <laughs> had some very specific goals for myself and Mike was accommodating. Um, and his only ask was that he is also allowed to explore the sides of it that he wants to, which was polyamory. Mm. Um, and I, I hear, I read a lot. I see a lot of people reading books and articles and talking about Polly in such a like critical way, such an, an analytical, almost scientific study way. And it kind of blows my mind that like, yeah, we have all of these different types, but ultimately what do they even mean? I think that in and of itself is the crux of all of this, right? Because, so for instance, that that, that uh, Twitter debate that I was talking about, uh. and let's not even get into Reddit because, oh my gosh. <laughs> okay, so, is polyamory a demi-orientation or is it just a relationship and dynamic structure choice? Like, is it a choice or not? Oh, I, I think, I don't, I don't think it's an orientation, um, personally. I think it's, it's a relationship structure, but whether or not it's a choice, I don't think that's, I don't know that it necessarily is a choice. Because if some people are capable of loving more than one person, then some people aren't. And some people never learn that they're capable and some people like mike and i tried the poly thing a while ago and and it crashed and burned because i was a miserable bitch about it um so i think it's about timing and education and personal maturity Mm. um so i i don't know do i think i could be monogamous again yeah i do um Now, what I would say about that, right, is that there are people who do believe, I'm not one of them, there are people who do believe that not only is polyamory a a sexual orientation and, like, socio-legal frameworks simply haven't caught up to that, but that there uh, can also be the concept of ambiamory. Which is to say that you could be happy in a monogamous relationship and dynamic structure for the rest of your life, or you could be happy in a polyamorous relationship and dynamic structure for the rest of your life. And so I thought that that blew me away. I think I only learned about that like two years ago. I was like, Amby Amory, wow. And it's and it's so interesting because like as like someone who's like sociology and ethnography trained when you're looking at respondents in studies of polyamorous families who are identifying this as their sexual orientation, it's very difficult to look at them and, you know, look them in the eye and say, actually, no. 
Um, because it just kind of feels pedantic, right? Because who am I to say how miserable or closeted or etc.? And you know, I'm gonna be kind of like really open here, right? And say I'm Christian or at least deist, and I have several home churches in New York, and I'm afraid to bring both my partners let alone all three of my partners, one of whom is a woman, to, like, actually, that would, I think, be better um, for at least one of the churches because they're um, LGBTQIA plus uh, friendly. But if I brought all three partners and, and introduced them as such, I'm, I'm afraid. Like, I'm afraid of the kind of reception I'd get there. And so it's so interesting this 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 conception because this one question affects so much about how polyamorous people lead their lives um and so there's that now let's kind of talk about something a little bit more fun because this was getting super deep mainstream do we like it wanted to be so mainstream that I can marry all my partners and we can all get health benefits and whoever has the best health care gets <laughs> that's how that works that would be fantastic <laughs> but I think you know as far as like uh, I, um, so the push for everything to be mainstream kind of ties hand in hand with it being an orientation right it's like every, they're coming at it from so many different angles just to try and give it a voice but how can you be like, I know a lot of polyamory couples that are straight, you know, they're just cis, het, that's it. They just have multiple partners. So does then the poly orientation override that? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like I'm... So here's an interesting thing. And this just came up because, um, I was talking to someone else in our, you know, the TNG Long Island server and like Uh asexual people who are BDSM practitioners. I, as a demisexual person myself, don't think that there's any logical issue with this, but some people think that kink and sex are so like deeply intertwined that kink in and of itself becomes a sex act and i was like but no because again asexual people can participate in bdsm because there's so many other goals that don't have anything to do with sex that you know there's catharsis there's you know ordeal there's breath it's like any other like health accumulating modality that brings you to an altered state of consciousness like asexual people can do drugs (laughs) like like you know what i mean like and so it was so interesting to see how people define these things for themselves That's that's fascinating because I don't play a lot at parties because my kinks are usually are mostly really intricately tied with sex. Mm-hmm. And that's not available at a lot of parties. So mm-hmm. I find that fascinating that people like asexual people can't be kinky. Oh my god, absolutely. Like most scenes at most places 
don't involve any sort of sexual activity. Mm-hmm. So, as as defined by Merriam-Webster. <laughs> so, you know, whether or not you're getting off, that's, that's different. But I think you can... Um, you know, mental release, physical release, emotional release, those are all different types of orgasms, so. True, very true. Uh, that's really, they're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> they're wrong. Asexual people can absolutely do kink. Incorrect. <laughs> Incorrect. Stay off Twitter, you weirdos. But um, that's the thing. It wasn't even Twitter. It was our goddamn like. It was our server. I was like, Ugh, uh, I'm embarrassed. Anyway, shame, shame. So um, not to be rude, but I literally at one point in this argument that I was having with this person, I was like, please keep up. Shots fired. I was so fucking annoyed. <laughs> I can't say I more. Mean- I can't say more. I don't want to hurt their feelings if they if they listen to this. <laughs> Everybody is entitled to their opinion, even if it's an incorrect one. Um, <laughs> oh my god, I'm going to use that from now on. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Uh, I stole it from something. Um, <laughs> but I, as far as polyamory and, and it being an orientation, I don't even... <clears throat> that befuddles me because I, I feel like it's it's sort of an umbrella and then you can have all of these different things underneath it so how can poly be an orientation when it can contain thousands of different types of orientations you can be pan you can be bi you can be pineapple sky whatever um i personally the way i've always thought about it is it's like a demi orientation like so I still remember like back in college when I revealed the fact that I was kinky to like my Christian friends and one of them just like blurted out that's disgusting and uh, that sucked but I realized that I couldn't see a world in which I couldn't practice that. And one of the things about, like, you can be, because I, so I went to, like, Lee Harrington's, um, you know, DS Intensive uh, through uh, LOCK, like, this upstate organization um, in New York, and it was a fantastic weekend. And one of these, you know, really interesting things here was the fact that at the end of the day, I didn't have to choose whether I'm a dom or a sub. I could be both. I didn't have to choose whether I, you know, had to be in any one specific role. And 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 even within kink, there's so much compulsory, like, heterosexuality where, like, women coming into the scene are forced to choose one or the other, right? But polyamory kind of... And this is why I'm a relationship anarchist, because it's my belief that polyamory and all of the surrounding topics and subjects are so much deeper sociologically and anthropologically than we give them credit for. Because like you said, us being able to marry each other, like six of us or some shit, can you imagine like economically how helpful that would be? Absolutely. 
that's why our generation is mostly poly because we can't afford to live on our own yeah because if i'm gonna have six roommates why can't i bust it open for all of them well consensually (laughs) just the ones you want you know that's um so my my mom is an international family law professor um she was a divorce lawyer before i was born and then began teaching uh many 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 years ago and that's been i want your mom to teach me divorce law or something does she do internships (laughs) um i mean you can like audit her classes she doesn't do any divorce stuff anymore it's all family law um but if you want to learn about like what they're doing with adoption laws in mozambique take her class that's cool yeah yeah she does some really cool stuff um but so i grew up with this sort of oh and my mom is is a a bit of a a burn your bra feminist right so i grew up with this like female power you know here i am woman hear me roar kind of a background um and this you know you're more fortunate than others because x y and z i didn't have like i I didn't have the bedtime stories of like the princess and the peas. I had, um, you know, what was happening in South Africa and mm-hmm. <clears throat> Rwanda, like that stuff was like, because my mom was writing about that at the yeah. time and that was happening when I was growing up. So, um, so I had all of sort of this input of like these different cultures and how things work all over the world. And when I came out to my mom and told her that I'm Polly and that Mike's girlfriend is going to be moving in with us, she was like down with the patriarchy. I love that. I love that uh, so much. Well, it's been it's been kind of difficult because it's it it's been hard to get her to understand that this was my idea. It was my suggestions. I have a whole ass other boyfriend, um, and that uh, Mike's girlfriend is only moving in with us because she's a wonderful human being and is it's beneficial, you know. Yeah. Um, financially, economically, mentally, like there's a lot of, of reasons that, that go into that, but it's hard for somebody on the outside who is so monogamous to understand the the complexities of, of Polly and that I'm not just, Mike's not just taking advantage of me. So, mainstream. Uh, so, what comes to mind first is Fifty Shades of Grey. Oh. Now, I just, we just had a whole conversation about this in the server where (laughs) no one else had really read it. And this is why I've been trying to get people to read it. Because everyone talks about how shitty and abusive a Christian is, right? Their first scene, Anastasia forgets her safe word. forgets her safe word lets him beat her with a belt and then breaks up with him because he's a monster even though he was clear about his trauma when he was negotiating like they sat down and had a whole negotiation with like contracts and writing things out and i'm like okay this is like better than i would have then she forgets her say and i'm like what did he okay I want someone to provide me an itemized list of what this man did wrong in that particular instance. Like, and, and, and here's my thing too. Like, what really pisses me off is that the 
criticism is coming from two different places and they're coming together and just being like, we hate it together. No, you don't hate it together. You don't. You hate it for very different reasons. On one hand, you hate it because it's like, I don't, well, first of all, it makes Anastasia look fucking stupid because what is she? She has like a 4.0 at University of Seattle. She's not an idiot. But they make her look fucking stupid. How do you forget your fucking say? I've never heard of no shit like that. Because even if you forget your, like, special safe word, there's green, yellow, and red. But I don't think they address that in the books, right? They, they didn't address the standard? They No, they do. There's a whole... Oh, they do. Okay. There's a negotiation where they sit down and talk about all of this. Yes. Mm-hmm. And she's, like, writing shit out and, like crossing shit out like they have a negotiation and the fucking packet is like this thick so like i i i don't i don't i don't don't know what to say and so like whenever whenever people are like oh um this book is 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 bad and it's mainstream bubble i i struggle because there are so many factions of hatred (laughs) that you have to like address them one by one now for Uh the actual practitioners who are like yes this is this is bad what makes it bad right because unless you this whole time have been following romance novels where like male protagonists have always been super stalkerish if they're rich and handsome and able to get away with it how is this any different except that now that there's a bdsm like element to it Uh plus what they do is tame as fuck um, respectfully that's, yeah, that's my issue with it, is it's like, I, why bother? <laughs> I, the shit that I read is like, <laughs> if Fifty Shades was like, much better, <laughs> and more accurate, and uh, excruciating detail, that's, like, like who cares? Okay, it's, it's like, it's like a PG-13 version. Okay, because, uh, let me, let me, let me just say one thing, Luca Varius? Uh, I don't know if you've I, I don't know if you got into that yet. Luca Varius oh, and that okay. whole family. Girl I get I'm on in it. Caroline Peckham's whole universe and I can't stop reading her apps. It's delicious. It's listen, werewolf sex is top tier. Uh-huh. It's especially when you have like those weird like lichen vampire like those like secret hybrids. Who don't know that they're hybrids until they try to have oh. oh put the name in the chat and i'll get to it as soon as i finish this next series that i'm reading by it's uh, okay we were talking about polly wait a second yeah. <laughs> we were talking about polly two minutes left too. two minutes okay two minutes um we're obviously gonna have to do a polly. we're gonna have to do a part two but like mainstream and do we like it so uh yes and no like yes because that means that practitioners are going to get more opportunities and i've been watching this i've been watching my like photographer friends and rope tops get like really interesting like photography um gigs and shows and things like that as it becomes more like an erotic art 
and even like one of my friends performed at the Seattle Erotic Arts Festival and like I'm teaching at tests on um like autism like BDSM on the autism spectrum and I've been teaching that class I teach classes on like 21st century like tech as it applies to MS like there's so much out there and and so it's it's really fantastic and so the more mainstream we can make it the better but men that that's all I have to say about that for resources okay so now what we have not gotten to pitfalls of poly we we did some types of poly and Mm -hmm. stigma in and out of the community so I think those are so for part two we're going to keep dragging cis men respectfully sorry guys we love you but like still and we're going to be talking about the pitfalls of poly we're probably going to do like 10 and stigma inside and outside of the community perfect all right okay do your outro do your outro about getting fucked (laughs) get fucked they will get fucked i don't remember what i said is that it Till next time. Okay. <laughs> um. Uh-